Sparkler Podcast number 38. I am your usual audio host, uh, Rebecca Scoble, and I'm here with uh, three incredible artists today to talk about comics. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Takto. I'm currently doing Firebird for Sparkler, and I have had several short stories with Bento Comics before that, and I did a webcomic, which was called Inner Ridge before that. I'm Kate, and I'm half of Kaiju. We've done three shorts for Sparkler. We did The Ring of Saturn, Mahojo Sechimaka, and Inhabitant of Another Planet. Right now we're doing Nove, which is the bigger story for Inhabitant of Another Planet. And I'm Jin, I'm the other half of Kaiju, <laughs> and I did the same thing Kate did. <laughs> <laughs> So, yay! <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have, to, don't have to list out your comics again. Yeah. Uh, so today we wanted to talk a little bit about how to create your own comic in sort of a really broad sense in terms of, uh, you know, for- formulating ideas and turning sort of vague ideas about what you think would be cool into sort of a refined comic. So I figure I'll start just throwing out like, you know, one of those classic questions, like, where do you get your ideas? Oh, boy. I know, it's a big one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Pato, you want to go first? <laughs> sure. So I guess the thing for me, uh, it changed over time. So in the beginning, the whole thing started because I I, I was a fan of anime and I, and I watched like ungodly amount of that. And um, the very first moment of aha moment was with, okay, it will give away my age, but so hang in there. Thundercats. Um, oh okay <laughs> and so for those who don't know what it is and probably a lot um it was a story like a, it's a group basically a group story with those um uh human humanoid cat-like people who come from space and uh, land up on earth and it's a group and they had one woman who was too old for me to really identify to her and they had one girl who was too young to identify to and I was a teenager and I was stuck, but I really loved the story. So like, okay, this isn't, this is not okay. I love the story, but I need another character. And so I came up with my own character who was kind of about my age. And then I'm like, okay, but how do I go about uh, making and get into an anime? And I was about 12 around that age and it was very stupid. So I heard <laughs> that you had to repeat the same drawing several times to make an anime. So I started doing that on paper, one drawing next to the other. And then I realized it was very boring. It took a lot of time. So I started skipping, <laughs> skipping, skipping steps. And this is how I basically started making comics. Oh, my gosh. So you basically invented <laughs> comics for yourself. Yes. yes. That's yes. amazing. It was, it was a very weird process. And I had never seen a comic before. Um, and it just happened this way. So that was the beginning. And the driving idea was basically I borrowed this story that I liked and I did it for quite some time and I would inject my character in it and then it will just completely go into different directions wherever like my dreams and and uh, desires took me mm-hmm. so that was that was the start and then um when I started thinking more about story structure as as things were developing especially when I started doing shorter stories mostly it was something happens to you and you have like an emotional uh, moment so it can be good or usually it's 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 stressful one or a breakup or something mm-hmm. and you want to put it into into some sort of story and you wrap it up you kind of disguise it but you can still see it through 
and usually that's what would drive my my stories after that mm. Mm. yeah that's very relatable <laughs> yeah. I mean it's kind of similar at least with me usually when I do do stories it's usually I see something that makes me angry <laughs> I don't like I don't I don't want it to be like this I'm gonna make my own <laughs> I'm exactly the same way spite spite drives so much I totally yeah. understand what you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> like anger and spite <laughs> and um I mean and then there is like yeah when you when you really want to address something or there's certain feelings that you feel um, and you want to explore that through the comic medium, mm. and that's when that's when stories are born. And and sometimes a lot of my stories are based on dreams, or like little segments of like really intense dreams that I had like long time ago. Yeah, Jen has a lot of dreams, and they're all really story driven. <laughs> what was the one that I had recently that was really weird? I thought it was like. It was like a stress dream. <laughs> I can't remember. You had so many in this past week. <laughs> I remember it's like, oh, like, I was a boy. I was making out with another boy <laughs> in the boys' changing room. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's amazing. You know, I'm very jealous because I do remember you saying that you had those amazing dreams. And I remember seeing, like, I think an illustration based on that. And then I think that influenced my own dreaming. And I and I was dreaming that I had this amazing story. And I, and I had to tell myself, I have to remember when I wake up because this is like gold material. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, there's no story in there. What was I thinking? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was so upset. <laughs> no, that happens to me too. Oh. Like sometimes I would dream something and it would be like, oh, I'm watching a movie. And it was such an awesome movie. I'm just like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Who made this awesome movie? <laughs> and then I will wake up and I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, I made that movie. I made that movie, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> guys, all I dream about is like forgetting to wear pants to school. Like, come on, you guys, this is like unfair. <laughs> I have a lot of those jealousy dreams too. I just, I'm like, oh, this comic is so good. Who came up with this? <laughs> Uh... <laughs> yeah, that tells a lot about our subconscious. I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that says that says only wonderful things about your subconscious, especially the part about the the boys' life. Which is funny because it was like a game where you have to like hide in the lockers to avoid like the custodian. I know exactly in. why you're having that dream. Why? <laughs> because you were watching White. <laughs> She was watching like what, what were you watching? She was watching playthroughs of of White Day, which is like this, this video Korean game horror game. It's a Korean horror game. Oh, where you go around to this school and the school is haunted, and you're and you're trying to run from the janitor who will kill you. Who will kill you with a bat? <laughs> oh, gosh. oh god! Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I watch when I'm drawing comics. <laughs> okay, well, going off of that, maybe not off the um, White Day, but okay. like. <laughs> like um, yeah, a lot of my ideas also come from dreams. Um, I think most of my ideas probably come from either, like, I was dealing with something and I wanted to write a story about it because, like, it didn't exist in the media that I was consuming. So I was like, oh, I really want to explore this this feeling, this idea, so I'm going to try to write a story about it to try to, like, work through my own issues around it. 
So I had a lot of mm-hmm. I have a lot of stories like that. They're mostly like from high school when you're just like really angsty and <laughs> and you just like <laughs> you don't know what to think of the world yet. So a lot of my stories stem from that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, dreams too. I have a lot of like really I don't have my my dreams aren't as story driven as Jen's, but they're very like they're very abstract and interesting in that way. <laughs> well, it's really cool. And I guess you can tell because I I don't know if it's related, but one thing that I really love about your work, um, and it kind of shows through, it's it's this hallmark of kaiju, like for all of your stories, there's this atmosphere feeling. There's oh, always a yeah, very definitely. special atmosphere. And I wonder if maybe like, is it is it dream related? Like, is it is it influenced? I wonder. I mean, possibly. I don't think any of the stories we've done so far have been really like drawn from dreams. Mm-hmm. Like we came up with Saturn because... We wanted to do something in the Nove universe, but we wanted to be kind of self-contained. And we were just kind of like bouncing ideas off each other. And I had the idea of like, I wanted to do something about the planets by Holst. So like, okay, let's just try to like figure something out around that. And um, Chimaka came up because we were watching Cardcaptor Sakura. (laughs) And we were like, oh man, what if Tomoyu kept all those videos and put them on YouTube one day? (laughs) Like, that would be disastrous. <laughs> then Chewbacca was born. Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh, they must call her later, like, because they know, like, she's the, like, the protector of the world. And they can figure out wh- who she is based on, like, the videos. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't, how did Nove come about? I guess, like, I wanted to do, like, a short story. Um, about Raziel and then oh and then I have a I have a short story about Sylvain yeah and mm-hmm. we're just like oh let's do crossover they, they both are in the same time period <laughs> yeah <And> so- <laughs> <laughs> well I guess that sort of begs the question uh where did those characters come from because it sounds like the uh the the, the two main characters in in so I've been saying it Nove so is it Nove yeah that's how we pronounce it <laughs> Uh, but those two main characters kind of predate the story, is what it sounds like. Is that true? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, so those kind of like your OCs from a while ago, or uh... yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Raziel was kind of just like I wanted to do something like a short story. I'm just like, okay, I want to come up with a short story. I have too many epics. I need to do something short. And so, like, I was like, okay, I got this story about this astronomer from the 1600s. And I, um, I can't really say what the story was about because it was way too spoilerish. But um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of came up with that out of out of the blue because I was I was frustrated about a certain trope, but I can't say what that trope is because that also gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is born out of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should just do this beeps, you know, like when you when you say a word that you're not supposed to record. Like, Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, just beep, beep out like, all the spoilers. Yeah. And then he's like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like this really long, long drawn out. beep, yeah. <laughs> what about Sylvain? Huh? What about Sylvain? Oh, uh, he he started out as a D&D character. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. And um, I wanted to I mean, make a... Much make a villain so <laughs> that's a little bit of a spoiler um, yeah. it's hard it's hard to imagine Slovene as a, as a villain though i have to say yeah at no, this point this is, this is like it's making the wheels turn <laughs> what's, what's gonna happen Aww. here 
<laughs> yeah, I I wanted to play with the trope of um, villains and giving them complex complexity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yep. <laughs> Spoiler! And I have to see how it unfolds. <laughs> well, and it's those yeah, are seriously. The, those kind of the best characters because n- nothing is black and white, really, right? And yeah. if it's black and white, it's a bit boring. So when you have those shades of gray, not to make a pun, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 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 so much more interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Uh, Tacto, how how do you come up with your characters? Because uh, you know, Firebird has some some uh, pretty interesting people <laughs> in it. So, yeah, so. I, you know, it's kind of um, Firebird is um, is an experiment for me. It's it's a different approach than what I usually had. Uh, so my previous stories were mostly character driven, like a little bit like what you described for Neve, and especially in Rage. First, there were characters, and then story would happen or unfold from them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I would I would draw it from like one page to the other page or from chapter to chapter, and it would just I would never know really where it would go or have a very vague idea. And then with Firebird, the story came first, so the the plots and the the emotions that I wanted to touch came first. And then it took some time for the characters to emerge, and for the longest time, I didn't know if the protagonist would be female or male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was very uh, disturbing. Like, oh yeah, settle, like settle. <laughs> I, I want to know how you look, and so I had to actually draw them to um, to get a feel of how they looked. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a version where there were two girls, and mm-hmm. um, and the female version of Luca was terrible. She was just so spiteful and and so not not relatable. That it was mm-hmm. it was not workable, <laughs> and, I, and I had to be said, okay, so there's Luca has to be uh, this way, and uh, Alex has to be this way. Uh, but it is a bit weird for me because th- this process being reversed, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel that I don't know, uh, especially Alex, I don't know him as well as I usually know my characters. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can see that. But you know, Firebird is so framed through Luca. Mm-hmm. I think that Alex being a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, he's a little bit, uh, not quite knowing what makes him tick. Yeah, and him seeming kind of normal, you know, uh, makes sense and is kind of a good foil for uh, for Luca. At least that's how it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's 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 really different. It's a different feeling for me as like as as you create it, as you as you draw it. Um, mm-hmm. I have to really be careful to listen to him much more. Like, yeah. What makes you tick? No, it makes sense. <laughs> how would you talk? <laughs> what would you, how would you react here? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I totally understand that feeling. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. I feel like when sometimes when you create a character, their voice don't really come through until you've worked with them. Yeah. Um, for a while. Yeah. Because. Um, uh, like when when we are working on our stories, we usually write a lot of script, mm-hmm. and um, that that kind of helps for their mm-hmm. voice to kind of come mm-hmm. through for us. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at at this point in the story, um, in Firebird, you don't see a lot of Alex mm-hmm. other than his interaction with Luca. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe mm-hmm. that's why 
you're still kind of figuring him out in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were working on a, another story recently, and like, like we definitely understood the main character pretty well, but mm-hmm. then other characters were just kind of slowly emerging. Yeah, and then and then you don't feel like you know them that well yet because it's just, uh, I guess, the story didn't really like warrant um, a lot of their character exploration. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's. I think it's definitely like a process. Yeah, and I sure. think like Firebird mm-hmm. is definitely very like emotional mm-hmm. and like very like feeling and emotion driven. That's drive. That's like one of the main yeah, driving really, really force. Yeah, and really in Lucas' head. Yeah. Uh huh. So and like... I and I don't know how your process is. Actually, I would be really curious to to know because you've mentioned that you write a lot of script before, and with Firebird, that's what I did too. I had I had this script all written out uh, before starting to draw. Mm-hmm. And when I started drawing, I realized that I had to change a lot of things because once it's not the same when you have a story in prose mm-hmm. uh, versus mm-hmm. when you have it um, in actual comic um, thumbnailing. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. and then once you see how the flow goes and how the expressions come out of your characters in certain situations, like oh no 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 this this has to take much more space than when I envisioned in prose or. Uh, he would not react this way, even even though I've written it, I've wrote it in prose and it looked okay. But now that I'm looking at it as a visual, it just doesn't doesn't sound right. Um, so how do you have this similar experience, or how do you handle that? I mean, for sure. Yeah, like... definitely, we would change things. I think like depending on what the scene is and yeah. how how the character feels. Like sometimes I would write certain things, but when I draw it, I feel like there is a disconnect Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. between how I write and how I draw Mm -hmm. and sometimes you kind of just like I kind of just accepted it as just like a different (laughs) medium kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it's not going to translate exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like the comic itself takes on another life Mm -hmm. so like I'm I'm mostly happy with it Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah it's definitely like we have to change things or or Kate would just tell me like oh I changed this because (laughs) (laughs) it it doesn't really work out you know I'm like okay that's fine as long as it works out in comic form (laughs) yeah like oftentimes like we'll write a lot of like really minuscule like gestures Mm -hmm. in the script and we'll be like okay this is this is too many panels like they're touching each other for the fifth time like no (laughs) this might work in written form but no they're touching each other fifth time we should probably cut this out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like there's just little subtle things that like Mm -hmm. once you're drawing it you're giving a lot of uh emphasis to it Mm -hmm. in in the comic and it Uh just doesn't really work out and you're just like oh we should like ease it down a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) makes sense Mm -hmm. so in terms of uh when you're actually planning out your story when when do you sort of start getting the visuals involved like, cause it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of scripting, but uh, in terms of actually, like, settling character designs and, and designs for locations and stuff like that, where does that kind of fit into the whole process? Tacto, you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, before, usually the, the visuals will come first, mm-hmm. and they would be driving. Um, suddenly, you like, you will get a scene. And I even remember when I was still part of Bento Comics, we had, uh, we had worked on a pitch with a... One of my friends there, and she said, "Okay, I have this idea of a story, and it all started out with one image, and I had this character lying in the rain, 
like on the ground, injured on the, in the rain. Mm-hmm. This was it. And it was a visual and the whole story came out of that. And it, it used to be like that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes even the characters would appear visually, um, you know, like suddenly you, you get this visual of a, of a semi-magical creature and with the jewels in a certain way. And, and then you start drawing and the story just starts on unfolding. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person could be the god of 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 wind, and then he would be in 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 the islands, and then there's a love story, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the usual process. Uh, with shorter stories and with Firebird, because the plots and the story itself and the like the theme came first, mm-hmm. the character designs came after. So once I had it all written out, this is when I started casting. Like literally casting <laughs> the characters in, um, and as I said, like there, there was a moment where there, there were women in it. There was a moment where it was uh, a woman and a man because that was not that much important mm-hmm. uh, to the story at that mm-hmm. point. Um, what was important was the emotion uh, mm-hmm. and and the communication between them, and I was just trying to see what what would sound the most true and look the, the most true, mm-hmm. and and finally those that the, the, gradually gradually the the designs emerged mm-hmm. hmm. it's really cool I, I sometimes get that sort of um that sort of inspiration too where i just come up with a character first and i feel like oh who is this character what are they all about mm-hmm. maybe usually when i'm sketching <laughs> something or maybe i'm like listening to music and just imagining things that kind of thing i guess mostly for us we come up with the concept first or we might come up with the character first i, I think it's a it's an interchangeable thing. Like yeah. sometimes we'll have a concept and we'll make make characters mm-hmm. um, in that concept. And sometimes it's like when you're listening to music, you have a certain scene in your head, and you're like, "Oh, this is really cool. I wonder <laughs> what what can I do with it." Mm-hmm. And um, I think, and then sometimes you write a side character, and they don't really take life until you've drawn them mm-hmm. somehow. And mm. so, like, the script, the way that they, they talk might be a little generic in the script. Mm-hmm. But then once I draw out the character, I'm like, oh, I think I know their backstory. And I think <laughs> I know what drives them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's add more <laughs> backbone mm-hmm. to the way that he's mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. and Or <laughs> things like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, like, an interchangeable <laughs> thing, yeah. Mm. No, I mean, it totally makes sense with such a visual medium that you've got, like, sort of the, the words and the pictures are kind of just feeding off of each other the entire time, mm. you know? Oh, yeah. I, I find one thing um, which is kind of kind of frustrating, but it's it's I find it consistently true, is that when I go to the characters that I usually, like, would be drawn to, uh, you know, like, handsome, uh, flowy, you know, long-haired... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually much more difficult to um, to see the story unfold around them when, uh, as compared to when you go with a completely wacky character, which is uh, could be uh, like an old lady with eyes that don't look straight, like in the same direction, <laughs> which, which, which happened once. And I drew that lady, and then like the whole story started spinning around her because she had all this rich material that you could actually like you you, you come up with. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with um, my very first story. Uh, well, one of my very first stories was for Rising Stars of Manga. And there was 
a cast of, <laughs> I think Lillian back then um, had to comment on that. And she said like, it, it has the most varied facial bone structure than, than, <laughs> <laughs> I see in a short story <laughs> because we had I had I had like this old guy who had hair everywhere and then another old guy who was super lean and tall and and a little kid who was running around with rasta hair and uh, it just it just was all over the place but it was actually much easier to um to give them weight and life. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of dichotomy because there are characters that you really want to to see and, and 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 draw, but they're m- more difficult for me at least to um, to make real, you know. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. That definitely makes sense when you when you have a character with more character trait, mm-hmm. yeah, you feel like maybe their story comes through more through mm-hmm. certain characters. Like you have more room to imagine, like what made them that way, what kind of mm-hmm. life they've led. And mm. things like that, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's characterization through visuals, sort of, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, this has all been like you know really interesting stuff. Uh. I mean, I- I'm kind of sort of taking the the creative process like one step at a time, mm-hmm. a little bit. But so if we keep kind of moving on, like, how do you sort of turn these ideas? Like, it, it seems like you guys are starting with scripts a lot of the time. Do you do anything else for organization, writing out, late, like, future chapters or anything like that? Um, hmm, we're, not so, we're not so good at that. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we have a folder on our computer that says, what did it say? Kate stuff. And in Kate stuff, <laughs> there is no Bay script. And they're all named very arbitrarily. And we're just like, where is this story? It clicks open like four files. I'm like, oh, here it is. Well, you make me feel so much better. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to organization, uh, we're not so good at that. Um, you know, we barely ever do outlines too. Like every once in a while we do but we're just kind of just, <laughs> I guess we're those kind of writers are just like oh what happens next we'll try to figure it out at the end but and like... we'll make sense of it when we're going through it again yeah. I want to write all mm. these things and just put it down for <laughs> sometimes we'll write a synopsis if we need to but um Oh. It's, you usually don't write it very um, precisely. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> we have like a file called like Silly Times, and it's just like <laughs> multiple short stories. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I have to like look through it and be like, where is the thing that we wrote? Is it in this one? <laughs> is it in that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I have moments where, for short stories especially, like you can find me sitting in, in a corner somewhere or in bed and just staring with a scary look. <laughs> straight ahead and then usually my other half will come in and she's like are you okay what's going on and I'm like shh I'm thinking <laughs> and basically I'm just playing the story it's, it's like watching a movie without the movie there mm-hmm. and I'm trying to I'm trying different different things in my mind if it's short enough then I can do the, for the whole story and then I can come and write it down mm-hmm. so for several of the short stories that's how it happened but for Inner Edge, which was my kind of like heart project, which uh, which is this long saga, um, it was completely character driven in the beginning. So there was no outline whatsoever. There was no story. Like I didn't really know where it was going. And then this was the end of it. 
like this was the the dooming part of it because at some point I got to a point where I, I was not satisfied with it anymore. Mm-hmm. It felt mm-hmm. like because it takes so at least for me it takes so long to draw those pages out. And if you're not sure where you're going with it, and I, speaking of pitfalls, you know, especially when you start, I feel like a lot of a lot of my friends also started with a, this pet project, which 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 was going to be a long thing. Mm-hmm. And then you embark on this journey, and finally, at some point, you're like, "But I'm not sure where I'm going with this." Mm-hmm. And then um, you get to a point of doubt, and it can be big enough that it stops you. And mm-hmm. I got to that point in after a year of, of serialization and I stopped and I regret it terribly. It was in 2008, mm-hmm. I think. Had I known better, I would have not stopped and I would have just kept going. But not having this outline or direction, um, that was what killed me at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, um, when I think about like a longer story outline, I try to think what are they like the benchmarks? What's the beginning? What's the end? Um, and mm-hmm. what might be the visually or emotionally important moments in between. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, like, oftentimes I don't know in the beginning. Um, and then suddenly you're lying in bed and like, oh, <laughs> there, there, could be, there could be this idea. And suddenly you start like completely like thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And a chunk of story develops right there. And then you, a bit like you, like I put it in a folder somewhere and like, okay, this <laughs> I don't know exactly where it goes, but it will go in there. Um, but the tricky part is to find the right sequence to those chunks. And then mm-hmm. once you've found the sequence, is then go back and plant the seeds, like the foreshadowing seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that, that's kind of, I find now I'm trying to learn how to do that because it's a tricky part. Um, because of course you can have just things happening, but if you can plant the foreshadowing seed and then the reader is reading and suddenly they have this realization, oh wait, that's why that happens like two chapters mm-hmm. before, then I find that it's like super gratifying. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm. Uh, I remember seeing something about like there's three types of writers. There's like the people who plan everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. the people who go by the seat of their pants, which I think is probably all of us. <laughs> 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 Maybe not Becca, but <laughs> but and then there's the the gardeners, I guess. Maybe that's um they plant seeds and they see um where it goes. They they kind of plan, but at the same time they want to see where it goes. And then maybe that's what we're all trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean when hmm. we wrote Nove, like Nove is actually kind of long. But we we didn't plan it to be that long. We didn't plan it for that long because it was just like let's add this story, let's add this story, like kind of thing. Because Novae's kind of character, well, actually, is very character driven. And we we kind of have most of it written out in a really like rough, rough form. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know mm-hmm. where certain thing where where certain things are going, mm-hmm. and um, for the main story, and then we would add stuff to it or we would rewrite rewrite and reread the script that we've written Mm -hmm. like years ago (laughs) and be like oh this is not very this this is not working out let's Mm -hmm. let's change this and Mm -hmm. let's add certain things and we're doing that constantly i think Mm -hmm. just with this because we're working on the fifth chapter right now and Mm -hmm. we've already made some changes Mm -hmm. so basically changes come very very quickly i feel like when you're working on something if it's not working out or if if we have like a better idea we would jump in mm-hmm. and make that changes because you know if it's not a comic form if it's not out there mm-hmm. um 
you, yeah. you will always have room mm-hmm. to make those edits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> true, true. Well, so so Nove is uh, a comic you guys have been working on for a really long time. If not, if not actually creating pages, then the story has been kind of something you've been working on for an incredibly long time. Is that is that true? Oh yeah. Well, let's see. When did we start writing? Like, like yeah. When did this start? I want to know how. Old <laughs> I think that was like five years ago. Like right? we created the characters longer than that when I was in back in the days. Like not college. that long, but like <laughs> when I was in college. Yeah. Cringe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I created Raziel around the same time, uh, probably in college. Mm-hmm. And um, his story just wasn't coming to me, so I put it off for a few years. <laughs> I'm just like, let's have, a, let's have like a crossover. Yeah, yeah. So, so we started writing together. Like this was the first time we ever started writing together, and ever since then we've just we're like, okay, this is a way better way to write. Let's just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I think it was about four and a half years ago, five years ago. Five years ago, Um, yeah. And so Wayne's story is super long and extensive, and I'm just like, how am I going to include all this? (laughs) Because it's super long. (laughs) But yeah, we we started just doing it for fun, Uh because we were a part at that point, like Jen was in China, and I was in the U.S., and I think both of us were kind of feeling a little, like, directionless, because, like... There was just wasn't anything like Jen's an animator and like there wasn't any positions going out for like 2D animators at that point. Like it was like just a really bad time to graduate. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so we were both like feeling a little bit lost. We didn't know what we wanted to do. We decided it would be fun just to like do a little let off some steam and just like write together Uh and see like (laughs) where it goes from there. And it ended up becoming like really epic, really extensive (laughs) and crazy. (laughs) You know, yeah. I'm jealous of you because I remember having done this project with a with a, another another creator, sort of you know friend, mm-hmm. and uh, this was the best of times because you you create a story but you bounce off off of each other yeah. and you and you feed each other and it just becomes like one and one becomes much more than two. Yeah. Uh, it's there's this exponential sort of creative process that goes on and and it was so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like if you find the right person with whom you're kind of on the same wavelength and have the same interests, it's uh, it's it's an extremely extremely uh, enriching process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember Kate was being reluctant about it because we've never we've never wrote together, mm-hmm. and and Kate is always really like. Uh, she she really protect her fictional babies. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really like touch them, <laughs> you know. And um, so I, I remember it took some convincing. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, are we gonna mess with like the canon story? <laughs> <laughs> the canon story that nobody saw except me. <laughs> yeah, like the canon story I was not even working on. <laughs> I can but relate, yeah. really. <laughs> but yeah, writing together, like finding someone on the same wavelength and writing together has yeah. has definitely been like extremely fun and it's really like what how we started mm-hmm. creatively because I felt I feel like if we haven't done that, I don't know where we'll be right <laughs> yeah. now. So mm. I mean, we were working. We were we were um, 
we were exchanging scripts. We were both writing different stories. Oh yeah, we're, at we're one reading. point we we're yeah. reading each other's scripts, and that was that was that helped a little bit. But mm-hmm. at some point, we're just like, oh, I don't know where the story's going anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so we started in a way, and just it just kind of went crazy from there. Yeah. <laughs> See, I feel like I I knew this at some point, but uh, how do you guys divide up your work? Who does what, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, no, it's fine. I think we do it a little differently than most people. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I had. <laughs> because, uh... <laughs> so we we basically do everything. Like, both of us do everything. We'll write together first, and then we'll both do thumbnails. I'll do five, and then, like, Jenna I'll do five. five. Yeah. If you want to do, like, a certain scene, I'll be like, I want to do this scene. It's like, okay, I want to do this scene. I would argue. <laughs> <laughs> we're, like, we're like, but I had this in mind. <laughs> do you ever flip the coin? No. no, we just argue it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we do thumbnails together, and then we um, we both draw. I like I draw Raziel, and um, I draw Sylvain. Yeah, and um, Jen inks everything, and I do the backgrounds, and sometimes ink the backgrounds. Yeah, Kate doesn't like inking, so yeah, I really don't like inking, but I'm okay with inking backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then we usually I decide on a color palette, but sometimes Jen decides on color palettes, and then we'll just flatten color together. Usually Jen colors the characters, and I'll color the backgrounds, something mm-hmm. like oh, that. Yeah, because Kate is like, I hate coloring characters. And I'm like, I love coloring characters. <laughs> oh yeah, I would I would be like you, Jen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here you go. I hate background. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> I mean, luckily, we kind of like balance out that way. We don't have things that we really like. It's excellent. Both really love doing. So. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. I do. I do everything. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if anybody wants to help me with backgrounds, please tell me. <laughs> Oh gosh, I, th- I think if the if we get all the comic artists together and say we'll find someone to do backgrounds for you, uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Like I'm actually okay doing backgrounds, but like if I had someone that could do them, I would. I would, I would <laughs> like, there you go. You wouldn't cry. Just like, draw this room. Here's the reference. <laughs> Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And here are some cookies too. (laughs) Bribing. That sounds like a pretty good uh, a good method. Uh, Get your backgrounds drawn. Bribery. Uh (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, bribery will get you everywhere. (laughs) So uh, it you know it seems like both of you, um, all three of you guys have uh, kind of a lot of experience with both like long form stories and short stories. Uh, Is there any difference like well first of all what do you like better is there a different way you kind of prepare for them like what makes you choose to do one kind of story over the other we should go first tacto (laughs) (laughs) okay um all right well uh i'd say i got an advice from um uh queenie chen when i was starting out when i was working on inner edge and she was more much more advanced and senior and she said definitely do short stories like as many short stories as you can especially in the beginning Mm -hmm. and the reason was um and it was completely completely true she said because you start a project and you will finish a project Mm -hmm. so you in an observable future you you will have something which is finished Mm -hmm. uh, which is actually so super important 
because it, it gives you this sense of, I have something in my hands that is finished. Mm-hmm. And then it also forces you to figure out the beginning, middle and end and how you're going mm-hmm. to tie those things together right away. Because mm-hmm. when you go into long saga, it, oftentimes you don't see the end. Whereas in a short story, you have to know where you're going right away. Uh, so that's a very good exercise too. And then um, I found that in any story that I do, there is usually about two thirds into it. I get them like this thing that I call the dark tunnel. And usually it's, you're already drawing your pages and then at some point you look at them and you feel like, this is so bad. Like, <laughs> why, why do I even bother? Like, and nobody will like it. And, oh, I should just scrap the whole thing and do something different. And this is like this critical moment. And I feel it's especially true when, when you're starting out to uh, know that it's normal and just mm-hmm. trust that there will be an end to this dark tunnel and just keep going and not stopping. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like you, all of my stories that was like this, I would go through that and I would finish a story. And when I look back and I'm like, you know what? It's actually not that bad. <laughs> and, and, yeah. even if it, and even if it could be better, I, I feel I feel really happy that I finished it mm-hmm. and that it's done. So I think that's the to me that's the merit of short stories. And mm-hmm. the more you do them, like you also can change styles, you can try different types of stories or different like the flavors of humor or mystery or whatever. Um, so it's it's really good. But I also find it frustrating when um, you do short stories because you don't have the time to really develop the characters. Like, I mean, you have the time to develop them, but you don't have much time with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the audience doesn't have much time with them. And when I did the short stories, I missed having those comments that would come with a longer form webcomic. Mm-hmm. The people who would be returning and who get attached to the characters and who wanted to know what happened to them later and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And that I love mm-hmm. that in the long format. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that's it for me. I say. What about you? Well, I'm really glad that we started with shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely. Because um, I, like, I tried doing comic in, in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, like, I had a lot of fun doing it. And I did learn some things. But in the end, I I don't have anything that I could really show people and say, hey, look at this. <laughs> I like, ha, I did this in high school. Like, isn't it great? Like, <laughs> oh god, okay, yeah. okay. The num- the number of the people the number of people in the world who did good comic work in <laughs> high school is like, there are like ten of them in the entire <laughs> universe. Like, Probably. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. And it was like it was like an epic that I'm trying to tackle. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like I did have fun. Mm-hmm. I did learn some things from it. But um, but I do think like um, having that initial excitement about your long story is really mm-hmm. important. Even if like mm-hmm. okay, you're not going to be professional right away and do your twenty volume thing right away. Mm-hmm. Maybe or maybe you maybe you might like. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean I think in most cases you probably won't but um yeah n- numbers wise <laughs> you probably won't <laughs> but um I mean it is good to start with that excitement it's it's it what's what drives you to to do your work and um yeah like I tried to tackle one of my epics in college and ultimately did not get very far but <laughs> but it was that excitement that, that got me thinking okay this is what I need to do this is what I need to like develop as a skill in order to really get this story across. So I need to pursue that, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, I think there's something to be said for the fact what you were saying about how 
these long epic stories are the ones where you get to develop a character and watch that character grow and change over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, people who are really into comics, that's sort of what they're mm -hmm. into anyway, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. what they're trying to emulate. Mm -hmm. And they see these like, you know, these <laughs> huge epic stories, and they love the characters so much. And even if, uh, you know, there are short stories out there that have the same, you know, level of quality and the same great, and like, you know, really great characterizations and make them feel things and make them care about things. Just the, the length of time they're spending with that comic is what kind of like hooks them and what, mm -hmm. what kind of, you, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. That's very yeah. true. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with your assessment that chances are you're not going to ever finish your high school epic unless you like scrap it and then go back to it as an adult and fix it and you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that most people do sort of see the, the really big stuff as the stuff they want to emulate mm -hmm. in the you know they're, they're getting into it because they want to tell this like mm -hmm. this story you can kind of dig your teeth into yeah. you know yeah yeah i mean for sure i mean like also the longer like you're writing the story the more you're getting attached, attached to it yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that too. as as a writer and a reader you know yeah yeah i mean i sure. just i definitely just jumped in <laughs> in high school. Like, yeah. And I was like sending it to people and then I'm just like, why does no people nobody like this? It's so awesome. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm like, it's so awesome. It's so great. I like, did such a good job. Like I look back on it. I'm like it was something that like I did. It's not like oh complete trash that I should set it on fire. But like it's like I am I am proud of what I've done. Mm -hmm. But I also understand why nobody is reading this. <laughs> so like, yeah. It's not like it's not like oh I'm gonna like stop doing comics forever because I failed my high yeah. school project. It's sort of like so that's why I feel like like yeah it's cool to start a long thing because you have that passion you have that drive like you know and that's a good good starting point to kind of just try things out you know, mm -hmm. and, and see how you feel. But like, I do think that overall, like a shorter story is a good idea, even if it's just one volume, mm -hmm. or like one or two volumes, you, you get to experience how, how it will work for you, mm. you know. Mm. So it's just like, even with Nove, like one volume feels so long like, <laughs> like, oh, God, we've been working on this for like one and a half years. And it, yeah. it feels like, it feels like a physical labor kind of thing. Like when you're on deadline, you're you're tired, you know. And like when you're thinking about things, you're mentally drained. And it's been kind of like this on and off. For yeah, and like I guess like in a way you could think of like shorts as kind of training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean that's the thing because comics are physical labor in a way that something like a novel isn't. You know, because you can't just like type a million words. It, it, I mean, okay. I don't want to say the novels are not physical labor, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, actually getting, like, the pages out takes an incredible amount of work just because of the amount of drawing you're putting yeah. into them. And that's why comics do move slower than novels and, and other types of media and stuff like that, you know? And so when you're doing these epic stories and you're putting out one or two pages a week, it's going to take a long time to get anywhere mm -hmm. no matter what, you know? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like I, I kind of described it as, like, Okay, so I want to make a set of furnitures <laughs> for my house. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. you're not going to say, like, I'm going to jump in making 
a vanity like dresser <laughs> like just because like I, I know some people did it and I like this vanity dresser I saw at the furniture store I think I can do the same thing <laughs> and then, <laughs> so you're just like you gather some plank and you start putting things together <laughs> like it's not gonna look like the vanity dresser you see at the store it's gonna be like kind of lopsided <laughs> and you're lucky if you can pull the the dresser open <laughs> and you're you're lucky if like things don't fall apart you know <laughs> so mm. it's like you you need training for anything you yeah. do like as a writer mm-hmm. you're not thinking like my the first thing I ever write will be like Harry Potter mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> it's gonna have seven <laughs> volumes and it's gonna sell like hotcakes <laughs> you know like it's not it's just like anything you do it's gonna require training and studying and trial and error making mistakes and yeah, so you might as well start like, with something you can tackle like okay let's let's make a stool like <laughs> let's make a stool yeah a nice stool that i can sit on and, and maybe can, move up to the band <laughs> yeah like i can i can show off my stool to my friends and family and they can sit on it without falling on their butt which is like success you know <laughs> and i also honestly i oh, go ahead Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. no, I'm just saying, honestly, I know so many people who have that one story they want to tell and they try like three times like, to get it mm-hmm. out. And f- for one or two of them, it was actually their high school story. And then when they're like 30, they go back to it. And it's, you know, like maybe one quarter is recognizable mm-hmm. and the rest is like totally informed by being an adult and actually, you know, mm-hmm. having the life experience to realize which parts were stupid. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> you know, go back there and, and uh, do it the way it should be done, I guess. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people have that story that they're really attached yeah. to and they don't let go of it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very true. I have to say, when you cheat, like when you grow, uh, the things that you're... You, you find interesting or that you want to see change too. Mm. So what you want to talk about in your story, what you want to show in the story, I find change. And it mm. kind of is a double-edged sword almost because on one hand, hopefully it's more interesting and more complex and rich as you progress in life. But in the same time, at some point, I think maybe I, I got too far away from uh, my excited high school self. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not relating to those things anymore as much. And maybe my audience is is uh, uh, not relating to what I'm writing now as much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely see what you mean. Um, I think Hagimoto said something like, keep making stories no matter like what age you are. You're going to write something different no matter what age you are. Like in your 20s, you're going to write a different story. In your mm-hmm. 30s, you're going to write a different story from when you're in your, in your 20s. And it's just going to keep changing but each of those things has value. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't think I could write the same kind of story I did in high school, but the same kind mm-hmm. that that story had value to me at that time. You oh, lost yeah, all your eggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it probably had, and, you know, value to other teenagers, too, or going through this. Yeah, thing. there was some 15-year-old kid who was just sitting there being like, nobody understands me, <laughs> and I'm just so full of feelings, and I need yeah. that, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, I guess, like... I kind of wish that I pursued it a little more back in high school, just so mm-hmm. I could get this the story out. Now I try to go back to that story. I'm just like, ah, I don't have the same Thank angst you. I still have. Right. Had right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I can yeah. do this anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand. Like at the same time, um, 
like some of the stories that I I made in high school, like I'm still gonna pursue it. Yeah. It's not like it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be like oh, it's dead in the water. It's the end. I tried once in high school and like oh, you know, like I'm still gonna pursue it. But I feel like now I'm better equipped、mm. to tell the story、mm. that I I want to tell the way I want to tell、mm-hmm. it, and、uh, I understand、mm-hmm. more things、yeah. as I as I grow up, and but like. The stuff that I wrote in high school still has certain value to it that I can like repolish,、mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, don't give up on things. <laughs> yeah, well, don't give、trying. up on it if you still feel passionate about it. Just try to make、True. it work for your your current mental state. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And actually, speaking of give up, I feel like especially like in comics and art, the doubt part is so. Is so prevalent everywhere because you look at all this amazing art and all those amazing stories that other people do, like you can't help comparing. So you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! Like this is kind of what I would like to 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 be able to do, but I'm so far away from it. Like, oh, this is no use and all of that.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you do shorter stories, I feel like it helps building this confidence、mm-hmm. uh, because you you actually、yeah. see that you're able to finish stories and they get better. And better and better. Hopefully, like norm- normally, they get better because it's just like pencil mileage thing. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you get more resilient,、uh, and it's easier to continue,、mm-hmm. as opposed to if you have started like your big epic and it doesn't work exactly as you want and it doesn't look like、mm-hmm. you want, and then you get discouraged and you stop.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what happened to us. I、mm-hmm. feel like after finishing shorts, it made us more confident. Uh, in a way that we we can say like oh we finished something、mm-hmm. and it, it looks good you know it's、um, complete it's complete and um it's and people responded that, to it yeah and like it was something that we we did with our current skill level like back then、mm-hmm. and you know and then you look at your old work and you look at your work now because. And then you can say like, "Oh wow, I I made some improvement," you know. Oh yeah. I feel like that's encouraging, in、mm-hmm. a way. Hmm. Yeah. You you can see a change and a progression in your work. Yeah. Because you're you're pursuing it, you know. Yeah, for sure.、Mm. Sure. I ran out of questions a little bit, so、uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been go- we've been going for over an hour now. So,、oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about the creative process or comics in general? Things that you guys particularly like to do and don't like to do?、Uh, things that you're kind of passionate about doing in the future and in upcoming projects? Anything like that? Um. <laughs> how much, well, how much more time do we have? <laughs> oh no no, we we have an、uh, we have like an unlimited amount of time. Go on and on、so. forever. <laughs> Sometimes we talk to tactile for like hours, and we're like, oh no, it's it's really late over where you are. Like, maybe we should stop. <laughs> oh no, we we can go on for for a. a I mean, hell, we could go on for another half an hour if we want. So just just talk if you want. <laughs> well, I guess I I learned、uh, something that I learned along the way doing comics. It's like whatever that you feel passionate about,、um, whatever that you kind of put work into. At one point, there's gonna be pain. Associated with it,、mm. it's not gonna be like a smooth road, and you're just happy, and you're like, yeah, everything is、Unicorns. great. They're hitting me in the face, and I'm just like swimming in money, drowning <laughs> in honey. You know, like it's not, it's not going to be like that. Like there are pain associated with anything you do, and、um, mm-hmm. the main thing is to kind of like 
work through the pain and like and really still enjoy the process like it's not like the thing is like yeah it's hard it's like it's like growing muscles you know <laughs> like growing muscles is gonna yeah. be painful on you you know you have to exercise every day and like and then you're grow you're growing these muscles but at the end you're just like oh I actually really love exercising like I, <laughs> I don't mind like having like like these kind of pain that accompanies it you know and it's like I, I accomplished something at the end like I look good <laughs> and I like exercising because it, it makes my brain happy you know and so I feel like that's definitely something I learned yeah like as long as you like are kind of keeping to your schedule like you just kind of have to keep going I mean especially like if you're on a, a deadline it's just it can be really painful towards the end and you're just like oh my god I'm good. I just feel so awful and I haven't slept very well but um I mean definitely take care of yourself but yeah. know, that, know that that's going to happen yeah, and no the matter how well, like, no matter how well you plan your schedule, there's definitely going to be those points where you're just like, I am so tired. I'm, I'm mentally tired. I don't. I'm running out of ideas, or I'm physically tired. And then there's the emotional up and downs. Yeah, and and like mm-hmm. just can't avoid those. They just happen. <laughs> yeah, one day I just looked at all the pages I'm working on. I'm like, all oh, these look so bad. And <laughs> the tunnel, the tunnel. I'm just like, oh, and I'm like, I'm gonna go lay down and like, not look at this until tomorrow. Like it, it's gonna happen. And there are times where you just feel, you feel like, oh, I'm I'm a failure. I'm not accomplishing anything, and you know, like all the, all of those are are just gonna be what happens. You know, yeah. when you want something mm-hmm. that you really really care about, it's about just kind of like learning another mindset. Learning like these are just some these are moods that I'm going mm-hmm. through because I'm doing mm-hmm. an extremely difficult thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then kind of learning to like uh, take care of yourself and mm-hmm. like and then think positively and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I really like how you put it about the tunnel tacto. I think that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the moment you said that, and I think probably a lot of the listeners are going to feel the same <laughs> way. It's like you know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think literally everyone who's ever done a creative project has felt that way. You mm. know, and I, I I really can say that I don't have any stories that I've done where I didn't have that. And now I even know that two thirds into it, it's coming. It's coming. I know it will come. It may not be here there, but yet, but it will. It will be here soon. <laughs> and you just have to power through. I think this this uh, powering through things and without despairing, because there's one thing is um, is the effort itself, and then there's the mental effort where you have to kind of battle the the discouragement and the mm-hmm. self doubt, and mm-hmm. this is much more insidious and it's it's much more toxic and. Ultimately, yeah. I think that's what will stop you. Like because if you're like you're you're physically tired and you're exhausted, it's hard. But that will not necessarily be the thing that will stop you. Yeah. Um, so if you know that this is a normal state of things and and you just have to ignore it, that's when you really improve. For me, the deadlines also like gradually, and I'm not good at this yet, but trying is to be regular Mm -hmm. so if you draw or if you write try to be regular do a little bit maybe not every day if you can't but at least every week you have to have like don't don't push everything to the like last week or if you have a deadline or 
if you're the more consistent you are, the more regular you are, the the less uh, the more nimble you become. I feel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more trained your eye becomes. And then other things would be uh, not to avoid too much the things that you don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's a hard one. <laughs> and I'm still learning, but um, like uh, backgrounds, I like, I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> but but you have to like make the effort and and actually do them and you have to make the effort and maybe train in them or if your hands are not coming out exactly as you like them take a moment and just like do some exercises study how how hands are made or how people draw them what are the techniques that you can like glean from other places you know Mm -hmm. Um, and if you do those a little bit here and there gradually you're really improving Um, oh yeah for sure I think that's definitely key like if you want to like do comics and also improve on your on your drawing and anatomy like yes doing comics will do that on its own but if you're not actively trying to improve one aspect that you are weak in then it's not going to get any better you're just gonna (laughs) get better you're gonna get better at drawing that particular way that you draw it yeah Yeah. I used to hide all the hands (laughs) (laughs) it just cuts off there's nothing there like air hands and, but like they just have their hands in their pockets all the time, yeah. right? But like it's behind their back because that's what happens. I think everyone goes through that at yeah. some point. <laughs> and and we still like all we'll do those things like that. I mean, at, it's like at some point, and especially in the beginning, I still do those things, and I know when I'm doing it. Like ah, bad tactile. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then you can definitely tell artists who are beyond that, uh, and you can you can tell that they can draw with it anything you can tell them draw a dragon with a with a spoon and, and eating ice cream uh, in a bikini <laughs> and, they draw dragons. Like, <laughs> and they will just do those amazing things to you like like when i look at what rem does for example with her drawing, oh yeah she's like there's probably not, nothing that she cannot draw you can you can see it you can really see it yeah, yeah. And there's also the aspect of learning how to cut corners too. Oh yeah. Like, like yeah. if you don't have mm-hmm. to draw this, don't draw it. Anything, you know. Like, <laughs> like if, if your comic can look good without without it, it then you know True. try to find a way to make it look good without it. Like, because <laughs> sometimes if you, you know sometimes things are tight. Sometimes you can't always draw that. Like right now, where you have to draw a horse and carriage, we're like, okay, what if we just drew the carriage from the back that we don't have to draw, draw the horse? horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Sometimes yeah. you gotta get good at that too. <laughs> yeah, then that you develop your bag of tricks for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, that. Also, I think that came from Queenie at some point. So you, you maybe if you have a very complex building that you have to draw, you do that in a big format. Oh yeah. And maybe from two different angles, and then you can, uh, if you're smart about it, or if you can do that, you can resize it, or you can mm-hmm. like crop it and just have part of it in the in your panel. And you don't have to redraw it every single time. And it still works yeah, yeah. because the story the story is not about the building necessarily. But unless the story is about the building. But um, <laughs> if the building is just there to cre- to ground you, to create the, the setting and the world, um, then you can definitely reuse that but with reasonable amounts. But there are yeah. tricks like that <laughs> you can do. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's something you'll develop as you do comics. You'll figure out mm-hmm. easier ways to do things just because like, you've got a lot of pages to do doesn't mean you have to mm. you don't have to be a, not every panel has to be a masterpiece but yeah 
the, the important ones do, you know, but... So, like, like so many, uh, you know, tips and tricks about how to be a creator of any kind. It's all like, well, practice a lot, and then practice some more, and then practice, and then get good at it. Mm-hmm. And there you go. <laughs> and then you're, you're, you're doing uh, masterpieces. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's that's why the hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> that's mm-hmm. why I love seeing the, like other people's process. I love when, and I would love for you guys, uh, Kaiju, to post maybe more of your of your process videos if you can on Patreon, um, oh, yeah. because <laughs> because it's just so cool to um, sometimes just seeing how somebody else does something. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, it's like wow! I got this understanding that I didn't I didn't really know how they do it. Mm-hmm. Or seeing. And even um, I think I saw a video of Kaoru Mori, Mori who was um, who does the uh, bright story and who, oh, yeah. who was uh-huh. inking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's like one of my most favorite creators. Oh, and her oh, stuff yeah. is so detailed, yeah. like it's so gorgeous. so so detailed and beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. And and oh, yeah. there was this video of her inking one of her characters, mm-hmm. and just watching it, to me, it was, oh my god, it's actually really real. Like there's no there's no <laughs> trick. She actually really did ink this thing. Like she drew it and she inked it. And and I had to see it to really truly believe it. <laughs> and and once you see how the lines go down, you're like, oh, this is how it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just like <laughs> having this belief that it's feasible that they can actually be done <laughs> for, for real. Mm. You know, yeah, then it yeah. gives you it gives you this inspiration to try it, uh, to try out things too. Mm, absolutely. Oh yeah, there's um <laughs> so the creator of Monster, what's his name again? Urasawa? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's he yeah, started he started making this show called uh oh, Mundan. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. And um and if you can find it somewhere, it's really great. It just he just records artists doing their thing and they all do it really differently. And then you realize there is no <laughs> one way of drawing. Yeah. It's really yeah. you're just tailoring drawing to your own needs and mm-hmm. yeah. how how yeah. you develop things mm-hmm. is really up to you because everybody does it really differently. Yeah. Like there are artists who mm. likes drawing faces facing the right. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, no, the, was... the left, to the left. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Ikigami, that like... was amazing. Yeah, and then and then he was just like, "Oh yeah, I just flip it because it's easier for me <laughs> to draw faces facing the left because I'm right-handed." Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I do it. Uh, I do a better job if yeah, they're yeah. facing the left, and I just flip it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which, yeah, that's amazing. Oh man, I want to know who does that. Yoshi yeah. so Kagami, the guy who the guy who did uh, Crying Freeman and. Um, my the psychic girl and sanctuary. Uh, oh, oh, oh. That's him. And actually, oh. I, I saw that and I was I was completely amazed because Kaiju, do you have this issue or not? But I have to constantly flip my my canvas uh, right and left mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, in yeah. order to in order for the faces and figures to be um, to not be skewed to one side. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. We're always really amazed at how consistent your characters are like yeah, how, yeah. Li- how eyes would just line up really nicely i'm just like holy, holy shit. it's natural it's it's i really i really have to flip uh, constantly when i'm uh, penciling and inking mm-hmm. because because of that and that the fact that ikigami can can actually draw the whole thing on one in one direction and flip and it will be perfect to me it was a revelation it was like there are people like that that's amazing <laughs> yeah, there, there are definitely people who have that talent where they, they don't have to flip it that much like where things yeah. just are like like i've met people
people like that. They just <laughs> yeah, like the eyes just lines up perfectly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes when I'm drawing, like the whole face will be skewed, as in like as in like you put it in Photoshop and you use like the the whatever <laughs> skew tool and then like one yeah one yeah, yeah. and the entire head will be like that. And sometimes I'm just like, is there something wrong with my brain that I cannot <laughs> fix? Because. <laughs> I literally like I can't see it and then I do that like subconsciously Mm -hmm. I'm just like ah but you know the funny thing is there's actually a neurological explanation for this Um, oh really yeah there is uh because the uh well I don't don't really go into details but I just I just love this stuff but uh (laughs) in fact one of the stories that I wanted to do in the Firebird universe we'll see if it happens has to do with that it's the um, how you perceive the space how your brain perceives the space and mm-hmm. the left brain perceives the right the right side of your like living space and the left mm-hmm. the right brain perceives the left mm-hmm. but in fact the right brain is much more um powerful in that so the space is not divided in the same way ah. so for example if mm-hmm. if you get if you get a stroke in your on your right side um you become much more neglectful of of the world around you on right uh on the left side mm-hmm. but it's not just half it's much more whereas if your if your left side is affected you have the language usually on the left side oh, yeah, um, yeah. but the space the space perception is not affected as much oh, so, so, so it's not equal and this is like this is my explanation of why uh usually when we draw it's not exactly symmetrical because mm-hmm. we have we have a part which is on the left and part on which is on the right but they're n- they don't have the same power mm-hmm. so that's kind of my so my, my 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 explanation for this phenomenon sort of that's so cool oh my god there's finally like an explanation of why i draw skewed faces <laughs> and maybe if i just train my brain what if, like, okay so what if you just look through your right, right eye, eye and you close your left eye. no it doesn't work that way that's the way Sorry. We'll try it. We'll try it though. I train my brain. I train my right brain to process. (laughs) Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to know that because I always thought, like, there must be something wrong with my brain. Nothing's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, that show is really awesome. If you mm-hmm. can if you can find it somewhere. Um uh I know uh the author of Himitsu also flips the page quite a lot. Oh, quite a lot, yeah. Like I think um she actually she goes in the thumbnails, then draws it backwards, and then when she inks it, she inks it backwards. Or That's something like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I did really techniques. Then I flip, I do the pencils and I flip again and I do the inks. And when I while I'm inking I'll flip several times. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh so does you, any you have any parting words? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> yeah. See, my parting word is draw more comics so I can read them. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the selfish version. <laughs> Well, it, I, I guess, don't think we can help it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a fire burning on my butt. <laughs> get it out! Get it out! <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight and recording this. And I think there's some, like, really good tips in there for uh, young comic artists. 
So they can thank you when they draw their masterpiece and don't <laughs> quit after two months. Just, just draw, draw some amazing stuff so we can read it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having us yeah yeah that was great yeah it was really fun yeah i'm glad i'm glad uh well thank you thank you everyone out there for listening and we will be back next month with another podcast bye 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 bye